Welcome back to the supplementary podcast, the sister podcast of Wilson and Windsor's Libertadores podcast, where we dive briefly into all things Comibol Sudamericana. We are at match week five of the group stage this week. It's been and gone. A fair few teams have risen to the top. Some have crumbled down from their lofty heights. I'm looking at you, Peñarol, after you couldn't even get a draw away in Paraguay to secure the group. But you have left us in the enviable position of still not knowing who is going to top the group in all but one of the Comibol Sudamericana groups going into the last match day, which means because no top two in the group are facing off against each other, we have meaningful games in every single match day group on match day six, except for the group with Gremio in because they have been the all-powerful, all-conquering, beating Alcas 6-2 away from home this week. Uh, Aragua, sorry, 6-2 away from home after putting eight past them earlier on in the competition. Gremio are the dominant force right now. Rumours are Douglas Costa is going to be arriving for the start of the knockout stages, which is going to be David Windsor. That's... Uh, we're seeing a great young crop of players coming through at Gremio. And you add Douglas Costa into the mix, who I still think is one of the best deliverers of a, a set-piece ball in European football at the moment. And, and from the flanks in general, the, the whip and pace he gets on the balls into the box for Bayern Munich and when he was playing at Juventus, just unbelievable. But aside from Gremio, this tournament system has worked out kind of perfectly for a first run at things, hasn't it? Well, it's fantastic that it has worked out that way because th those are the doubts that... I kind of expressed at the beginning the fact that only one side, of course, qualifies into the next phase of the competition. And it's absolutely awesome, Ollie, I think, for, for a new format to kick off in this way. It gives a little bit of confidence for the years to come and you can always use it as a reference point and things like that. But, um, and it, you know, Gremio's, this is outside looking in, but five, ga five games, five victories, 21 goals. Gremio's dominance in their group um you know, it's, it's, it's there to be applauded. And I think that, that that potential signing of Douglas Costa, I mean, that strengthening from a position of strength, even if you look at some of their goal scorers in the group stages uh, th this year, it's, it's it's obvious that they've managed to keep a lot of quality players. And um, I just think as well, not to nudge too far forwards in the future, but when those sides drop down from the Libertadores as well, it's, it's just going to be great to see. Um, it, it's going to be great to see that's where the competition really comes alive. Well, this is the one worry I have in that Grêmio have been so dominant, albeit in a fairly easy group with Lerky Dad, Lanos last year's runners-up, who I was expecting more from, and uh, Aragua as well. But they have been so dominant that perhaps some of the sides coming out of the Libertadores into the knockout stage may be equally as dominant, or perhaps not quite as, but still far grander in terms of their calibre, their firepower in front of goal, than these sides coming through the Comic Ball Sudamericana at the moment. That's a worry, though, that we're going to just store away until like the all the best worries after the summer yeah you just push it, put it down away, push it down good <laughs> <laughs> sweep it under the rug we're not worried about that at this point we're gonna i want to play a quick game with you windsor it's called it. what's gonna happen so we've got a lot of games to quickly run through it's going to be fairly fast paced because it is a fast paced supplementary podcast but we're going to go through groups a to g and you're going to tell me what's going to happen and who's going to end up topping the group come the end of match day six. Very simply, we start with Group A. Rosario Central, who beat Huachipato this week in a comfortable 5-0 victory at home to go two points clear at the top of Group A going into the final group game. They host Dossi de Octubre, who initially were fighting with the Chilean side for top spot until the last couple of weeks when Rosario have come alive. Huachipato take on San Lorenzo, a side that have been dormant until this week when they beat Dossi de Octubre. 
So the Argentinian sides have come alive in the last few weeks. Rosario so much so that they lead the group by two points. The Chileans, though, taking on this San Lorenzo side that we've lambasted a couple of times in our brief interludes into the Comibol Sudamericana this year. Who goes through? Do Rosario get the result on home soil against Dossi de Octobre or do Huachipato get the result against San Lorenzo and hope that Rosario slip up? Long answer or short answer? Hit me with what you've got, mate. Okay, let's say Huachipato for two reasons. First of all, I think the, the COVID situation in South America, you pointed towards it in the in the Libertadores podcast. I don't think you should be backing any Argentine sides at this point in time. They've suspended their domestic league. I'm sure that will have a knock-on effect on, on the mentality of lots of the players, on the training situation, on the admin. You know, there's, there's a big... There's a big domino effect there. Clearly, I'm not saying I understand the inner workings of San Lorenzo and Rosario Central, but you get the point I'm, I'm trying to make <laughs> yeah, is that yeah. there's turmoil in Argentine football. Also, Huachipato, I just love the idea that the Jefferson Soteldo transfer and the money that dripped down to them for previously owning him, exactly, will create a launch pad and a kind of a new phase of their history. So Huachipato for me, San Lorenzo, okay, they had a bounce last time out, but um, I think Huachipato will... will will win that and Rosario Central are going to drop points and Huachipato go through. Love the idea of the RG and the Brazilian sides as we've touched on before. There's always a little bit of the, we're English, we love the underdog, don't worry about it. Group B, here's an interesting one. Independiente, 11 points. Montevideo City, Torque and Bahia, both on 8 points. Independiente, plus 5 goal difference. Montevideo City, Torque, plus 6. Bahia, plus 5. Bahia host Montevideo City, Torque in Brazil. Tough one then for the Uruguayans to get a result. But if they do get a result and Guabira, who have been dog muck, end up pulling off a miracle and beat Independiente in Argentina in match day six, it opens the door for one of those sides to usurp the King of Cups. Is there going to be a cataclysmic fall in Group B for Independiente or are they going to sweep past Guabira as everybody is expecting? This is a difficult, this is an easy one, excuse me, to pick. Not too difficult to get it wrong, I think. There will be no miracles today, Oli. Find another hero. Guabira, minus 16 goal difference, no chance. King of Cups safely through. Yeah, I think that's where everybody's going. Group C, Ciara of Brazil, nine points plus four goal difference. Arsenal, eight points plus three goal difference. Bolivar, six points minus one on the goal difference. Big outside chance for Bolivar, who go to Argentina to take on Arsenal. Jorge Wilstermann, though, host Ciara. Now, it's not quite the heights of La Paz, so altitude doesn't necessarily come into it as much, but the Brazilians still on the road in Bolivia. A difficult place to go against the Jorge Wilstermann side that still haven't shown much in this competition. The permutations could be anywhere. For me, I think Arsenal are getting through in this. They get the victory over Bolivar, Jorge Wilstermann get a draw against Ciara, and Arsenal take the group by two points. I'm just looking at this. There is still a way for Bolivar to progress them, right? If they win. If they win and outscore but the goal Sierra on goal difference. There yeah. need to be a, a sort of um, what is that? five, five goal, goal swing. Sway, yeah? okay, which is, which is yeah. possible. Okay, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to concur with Mr. Wilson and say Arsenal pick up the three points and Sierra fall against Jorge Wilstermann. On the road. See, finally, Arsenal fans, you can rejoice. You're going to be top of something. Yeah. Isn't that fantastic? Have faith uh, in, in the words of Wilson and Windsor. <laughs> in Group D, Atletico Paranaense and Melgar, they faced off this week. Atletico Paranaense would 
dominant in Brazil, raining down chances, only getting a 1-0 victory in the end. But they've been so good at just getting these small margins of victory and getting their 12 points so far from five games in the group stage. Melgar have been a joy to watch, but have just fallen short in the final few hurdles. They take on Venezuelan side Metropolitanos Melgar in Peru. Home soil advantage, but Alcas, the Ecuadorians, who have started to come into a little bit of prominence as the tournament has gone on and were really good this week, albeit against a weak Metropolitanos side. They go to Brazil to take on Atletico Paranaense. There's a three-point gap between the top two with the Brazilians on top, and they have a one-goal better advantage in terms of goal difference. So if Atletico Paranaense lose and Melgar win, they're through. I think I've just Atletico Paranaense have only scored four goals in five games in the top of the group. So they yeah. must have a half decent defence I, I think you'd be a brave man to back against the Brazilians at least, you know, they've got to take a point you would have thought on home turf on the final match day. Atletico Paranaense, not just because I like their name, but I think um yeah they're they're safely through. I'd like to see Melgar, but I'm with you on this because Alcas just haven't been enough in the early parts of the tournament to really make me think that they can go to Brazil and get a result. But that will be an interesting group in Group D to keep an eye on going into match day six. Here's one which I can't believe we're talking about because Peñarol have been so good for the first four weeks of this competition. And then they go to Asuncion, take on River Plate and lose a 93rd minute winner for River Plate gets them right back in the top hunt to make the knockout stage they're two points off Peñarol 12 points and 10 points respectively Peñarol plus 12 on goal difference River Plate zero I don't think it can't come down to goal difference really anyway unless Peñarol draw and River Plate win Corinthians who won 5-0 this week against Sport Juancayo host River Plate in a difficult last game for the Paraguayans. Sport Juancayo host Peñarol. Away games are difficult in South American football, but Peñarol with Augustin Martinez, the teenager who turned 20 this week, scored on his last day as a 19-year-old and has eight goals in the competition so far. Mm. It's one to keep an eye on in their high-powered offense. I think Peñarol get this done, finally. Yeah, yeah, i got, got to agree with you, Ollie, and... Yeah, listen, you know there's nothing I'd like more than to see Peñarol go deep in a in a common ball competition just because of the history and the prestige. And, and I mean, that is quite crazy having a plus 12 goal difference on the side in second place has a zero goal difference after just five games, isn't it? So, um, yeah. Uh, and still being in contention. Yeah. That's the crazy thing about these groups at the moment. Mm. I mean, as I say, the new system has just paid off wonderfully for common ball, I think. Uh, going into Group F... All right, I'll let you take the uh, the lead on where this one's going to go. Libertad de Paraguayans, plus four, 10 points, top of the group. Atletico Goianiense, the Brazilians, nine points, plus two. Newell's Old Boys, seven points, zero on goal difference. Palestino host Libertad. Palestino, who've been a bit of a thorn in team sides in the last couple of weeks. They picked up a point against Atletico Goianiense, and again, away from home for Libertad, might be a tough result to get. Newell's old boys need to win big against Atletico Goianiense, but they are on home soil in Argentina to finish the group. So if Newell's win big and Libertad lose, there's still a chance for Newell's old boys to counteract that four-goal swing. Or Atletico Goianiense can capitalise on any slip-up from Libertad in their last game on the road in Chile. Just looking at the the results from this group, Oli. Newell's Old, match day two, match week two. Newell's Old boys won Libertad three. That was a biggie. Mm. Big, biggie. Massive. Maxi Rodriguez, I saw he scored on match day, on match day, on match day, or match week two. Is he still, did he, is he still been around and about or just, just that one pen then? 
lingering, but it's not like Maxi Rodriguez is uh, rolling back the years or anything <laughs> okay, like that. Okay, Let's put okay, it that okay. way. You'd have to roll back a lot of the years. I think Libertad go through. Giving it to the big guns still to mm. hold their ground. Yeah. I think the Brazilians pip them. I think Atletico Guaniense do it. Not necessarily what we want to see if we're avoiding the Argentine and the Brazilian sides, but I think they do. Talking of Brazilian sides to finish it off then with Group G, Emelec. The Ecuadorians, I know I've got a soft spot for Ecuadorian football at the moment in South America. They take on Tejeres, who couldn't get the job done this week against RB Bragantino and keep themselves alive in this group. Emelec lead the group by one point over RB Bragantino. They have to go to Deportes Tolima, who, again, have improved massively in the last two weeks. And away from home might not be the easiest place to go. Hamilton Campas, if that name rings a bell at all, from the, oh, Liberta- yes. uh, from the Libertadores as well. It's got a hell of a left peg. Doesn't mind it with the right peg either and always fancies a go from anywhere inside 30 yards. So if Arby Bragantino struggle with any of those efforts from distance, it could be a long night against Tolima. That's actually being played in Venezuela. Mm that game um and emelec hosting as i say tajeres on home soil with their one point lead atop the group who do you fancy emelec to do it but tajeres are a lively side they play fast football and they're a fun again i know i keep using this but they're a really enjoyable fun team to watch but i would actually back tolima to get a result over rb bragantino with Brazilian sides playing within themselves, as we often expect. Mm. Emelec for me. Long live the Ecuadorian Big powerhouse time. that is Big Emelec. Time. And they set the tone in this group early on as well and have just stumbled in the last couple of weeks. So it'd be good to see them uh, bounce back too. And uh, I suppose Gremio beat any of those in the knockout stages and probably go on and win the whole damn thing, right? I think let's wait and see who drops in from the Libertadores. You got a Santos and IDV. Yeah, sure, Gremio. Like, let's not forget what happened in the qualification stages, Oli, to the Libertadores of Gremio. Sure, it looks ridiculously impressive, 21 goals in five games. But um, yeah, let's wait and see what the lineup uh, looks like for the for the knockout phase of the Sudamericana with those Libertadores sides tucked in. Who knows? Might be Boca Juniors' favourites. Or it might be Boca and River, both in the Sudamericana. I bet you'd love that. <laughs> 